Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? And perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongMan.com for more information or email Mike at MikeTheStrongMan at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of healthcare. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments. From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440-238-3338 or email them at thychiro, that's T-H-Y-C-H-I-R-O, at gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. Okay, folks, we have with us today my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor, Chad Kuhn of East Coast Martial Arts and Team East Coast BJJ. Chad is the head instructor for Jiu-Jitsu at East Coast, and he's been training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since 2004. Chad started his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu journey in a grimy basement and now runs one of the best gyms in Northeast Ohio. He prides himself on having a welcoming and family-oriented atmosphere at East Coast Martial Arts. He wants everyone to feel invited and not be intimidated by any kind of martial arts. They offer karate, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, MMA fit, and kickboxing classes and have classes for both adults and kids. I had a blast getting to know Chad's story and a lot of his background. It's not a bunch of stuff I've learned at class, so it was a great time getting to know him. And I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have with us head instructor of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and gym manager of East Coast Martial Arts, Mr. Chad Kuhn. <clears throat> Chad, how are we doing? Good. How are you? Doing great. Awesome. So I was uh, excited to get uh, you to sit down on the podcast. So we got introduced uh, through a mutual friend, Timmy Stinton. Right. Uh, he used to be a teammate of mine at Rubber City Weightlifting. Yep. and. He used to train here with you guys. Yes, sir. Now, how long did uh, Timmy train here with you guys? Oh, man. Um, probably a good, 
three to five years ish. Okay, I would I would say. Was, so he knew you guys for a while. Yeah, right out of he was still in college at Walsh playing baseball and wandered over this way and started training and yeah. Okay, now um, I came in because I've been wanting to learn Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for <clears> a couple of years now, and I've been here for uh, about a, what's this Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. so what I don't know six seven weeks yeah. something like that. And uh, I was talking to Timmy because I was saying, hey, I, I didn't want to start because I was afraid of getting injured and all these kind of things. And I kept asking him, I was like, hey, do you think I should start or do you think I should, you know, wait until I'm done lifting, done, you know, competing and mm-hmm. I can, you know, take on something else. And he's like, no, just get in there. It's all about getting time on the mat. Absolutely. So start now, you know, just take it easy. Don't go super ham. Don't hurt yourself or anybody <clears> else and just learn what you can and have right. a good time. So, so I came in, uh, it's a, it's a great gym to be a part of. Uh, it's a good family atmosphere, which Absolutely. is, which is a nice thing to have, especially when it comes to any kind of martial art. For sure. Because you know, I, I can't imagine a lot of them have great reputations, especially like in the era that I grew up in is <laughs> like the karate stuff. Everybody's like going right. around different dojos and beating each other right. up and challenging fights and they yeah. go out to street fights and go to bars looking right. for to try out their new techniques and yeah. stuff like oh god but when i came in i felt very welcome it was, it was a great great academy it's, it's it's a good place uh to be for sure so before we kind of get into kind of some of your background why don't we mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the academy and kind of what, <clears throat> what you guys offer mm-hmm. and uh what it is that you're what do you do for you know the people here close right well i will say first you touched on atmosphere right so that is my biggest thing as the manager and one of the instructors is I want a good atmosphere. And then I want you to realize we have good programs too, whether it's karate, jujitsu, MMA fit, kickboxing. I want you to feel safe when you come in and just feel the vibe, the family vibe that you mentioned. That's my first goal as the manager and running the place day to day. Which makes sense because that's what's yeah. going to bring people in the door. Absolutely. And you go to, you know, I've been to a lot of gyms, um, you know, through 14, almost 15 years of jujitsu is when you walk in, you feel like I'm going to be in a fight today or I'm going to be, in a t- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a different vibe and that's okay. That's, you know, I don't want that. I want the good atmosphere first and you are going to have some good matches and learn good technique and all that too and, and get a good workout in. <clears throat> you can have both. Okay. You can definitely have both. Um, little background on the gym, I guess. We started in 1986 in a uh, garage in Canton. Uh, Steve Heinemann's the founder of the gym. Um, he passed away about four years ago, stage four cancer. Um, um, his wife still owns the gym. She's in South Carolina. I run everything day to day for them, okay. for her. Um, so yeah, over the years, it started as a, just a Shotokan karate gym. You know, back in the day, back in the eighties, that's what we had was karate. There wasn't jujitsu and all this other stuff. So you kind of took, took what you had. So he, you know, came up through the ranks and had his own gym and did karate and then started some Thai boxing. And, you know, he actually went out to California and trained with Machados for some jujitsu. So he just started incorporating all that stuff into his program. Okay. Um, looking back, you know, even for me, I started karate in, in 1982. Looking back, it wasn't very functionality based. I didn't learn one single thing in five years on the ground in karate, <laughs> in the karate from that time period. Yeah. The karate we teach now is a lot different. Um, but that's what Mr. Hyman did. He started incorporating that functionality-based stuff into our karate curriculum. So when people, like, call for karate, it's kind of a generic term. Yeah, You know what I mean? Very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we use because that's what people are looking for when they Google or, or search things. But our karate is very... We like to call it very progressive and very functionality-based. In our karate program, there is Brazilian jiu-jitsu, there is kickboxing, and there's functional self-defense. We took out the forms and the katas, 
until they get to the black belt level, and then we reinduce, reintroduce okay. them. Now, what's that for somebody <clears throat> who doesn't understand what that is? A kata? Yes. So a kata or a form is, um, I guess it's a bunch of moves, uh, moves with an imaginary opponent. Okay. So you're, you're kind of acting out a scenario, yeah. and you're just going mm-hmm. through the movements. Yeah. Okay. And it's very cool, and it looks very awesome. But the functionality of it isn't there. Yeah, I, I think I think you see lots of maybe videos mm-hmm. or um, in stuff in the movies where they're kind of going through the punches and the kicks and right. those kind of things. And yeah. and like you said, they're literally fighting an <clears throat> opponent in their mind. Yes. So they're going. They're not just randomly throwing punches. Right. They're actually like doing an actual yeah. fight. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So our our karate program is you know very progressive that way. It's it, it's a blend of everything. Now, how long have you been here, Chad? I've been here since 2004. Okay. I started jujitsu um, back then. Um, kind of wanted something different. Did karate my whole life, off and on. Kind of went back to taekwondo, and I'm like, this isn't what I want. Um, and started watching the UFC. It's that kind of, you know, watch yeah. the UFC. I watched the skinny guy in pajamas beat up all these karate guys <laughs> yeah. that I thought were the ones that were going to win. Yeah, because that's something you've done all your life. That's something I've done. Yeah. So it was just like, where can I find it? And I'll never forget, I was at... It's when it was Borders Bookstore, now it's Books A Million, reading like a grappling magazine. And this guy's like, hey, do you do that stuff? I'm like, no, I'd love to do jujitsu. <clears throat> and he's like, check out East Coast. I'm like, okay. So obviously I look him up, go over. And looking back, it wasn't the jujitsu we do now. It was nogi, kind of an MMA submission grappling thing, um, one day a week. Okay. So I started doing that again. I never wrestled. I never had any of that type of ground stuff. And there was a bunch of big, tough dudes back then. Okay. It was rough. There was no, you know, how we do now, like, hey, no heel hooks, no. It, w- it was game on. Yeah. So it was know? just anything goes yeah. on the mats and let's just yeah. see who wins. And, and some that you might come in and it might be um, work against the wall, getting off a cage. It wasn't just jujitsu. It was kind of a blend of everything. Okay. So, you know, I kind of went from there. Um, and one of my good friends that still trains, Mike Broom. He, I knew he trained somewhere else. I'm like, hey, where else do you train? He's like, this guy's basement down in Carrollton. <laughs> he does, he trains in the gi. And I'm like, that's what I want, you know? Because I wasn't, I was so small. Like, I'm small then, now, but I was about 128 pounds then. Okay, about, like, uh, how tall are you for the people who are listening who can't? About 6'1", six, six foot, 6'1", six, and I'm okay. about 145 to 150. Okay. So I'm and, still and a small guy. Back then you were about 125, 130? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I was just getting getting wrecked. Um, so I talked to my buddy again and we went, I went down to Carrollton. I called the guys like, yeah, come down. It's five bucks. I'm like, all right, this seems like, and you've probably been to Carrollton. I mean, little, you know, country town, <laughs> there's no cell service. I find the guy's house and it's by a church and a cemetery. I'm like, what, what is this? You know, I knock on the door and I'm it like, seems super legit. Oh, I mean, yeah, nobody's going to find me. Lucky my buddy's there. You know, he comes in after me, but I knock on the door. And I'm like, I'm here for jujitsu. He's like, yeah, down to the basement. I'll be down in a little bit. And I'm like, here, I'm in this strange guy's house in his basement <laughs> waiting for jujitsu. So, and it just kind of grew from there. That's obviously somebody desperate to learn. So, yeah, I mean, it was honestly, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. You and know, it's like sometimes it's a little sketchy, but usually you just come out with a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, his name was Dave Miller. He was a lifelong wrestler. Didn't start jujitsu until he was like 45. Um, and I was, he was probably in his 50, early 50s when I started with him. And he was just got his purple belt, which was 
we didn't have that. You know, we didn't have any high-ranking people. I didn't even know what that meant, really. Okay, and for people who don't understand, uh, in jujitsu, there's a belt ranking system. Mm-hmm. What what are those belts, and what what, what do they kind of mean? So there's um, less belts, so it takes a lot more time in jujitsu. Um, so you're obviously you start at white belt. There's a progression of four stripes per belt. You know, you kind of earn through the way when you're doing good, learning some things, sticking with it. Um, so after white, there's blue, purple, brown, and black. Those are the ranks that most of us will see. Okay. There are some ranks over black belt, but there's so much time. There's um, a coral belt, which means you have to be a black belt for 25 years. That's a long time to be a black belt. Yes. So you have to be... Because you're not going to get your black belt in a couple of years. I no. Mean, I mean, how long does it normally take to kind of progress through each belt? Uh, you know, I would say blue belt, two years. You know, a good two, two and a half. And that's somebody, that's somebody coming in, probably training, yeah. what, three, maybe four two, times a two week? Two to three times. Two to three times yeah. a week? You know, okay, obviously. So, so that's, that's steady. That's a lot of training mm-hmm, sessions. For sure. To, to earn your blue belt. Yeah. And you said that there's also the, the four stripes. You could be a one-stripe blue belt or a two-stripe, right. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the four-stripe, you realize, okay, I'm almost to I'm my almost purple. I'm almost there. Yep. So I'm going to get, you know, the next next uh, promotion, maybe. Right. And like, boom, like I might be able to get my purple. That'd, right. that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, so that's probably going to take, you know, probably another couple years, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had guys come in, too, that have a ridiculous wrestling background. And jujitsu just clicks for them. And they get their blue belt in a year. Yeah, which, had, which makes sense because they've yeah. probably got five or six plus years of grappling. Oh, at least. You know, so now they just need to learn some defense and some submissions. And, Off their back. That's yeah. the biggest thing with the wrestlers. Well, especially the wrestlers, yeah. Because yeah. they, they want to be on top, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so there's a there's a progression. You know, it's some people, black belt. You know, the I think the, the quickest in, I guess you would say, history was BJ Penn. He got his black belt in three and a half years. Okay. Three or three and a half years. But uh, he was, you know, the prodigy was his nickname. He yeah, was he's just, also a bit of a phenom. So. He's a phenom, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I would say most people, 8 to 10, 12 years. Uh, mine was right about 14. Okay. So, you know, we had some affiliation changes in there and um, some different stuff. So, yeah, it was it's a good good journey. Okay, um, so you were training with a purple belt. So it's, yep. it's kind of like a, a medium level belt. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who's starting, they're oh. they're way more advanced than you are because they're they're probably four or five, maybe even six years down the road, yeah. and you're just starting. Yeah. So that that's got to be and good for you. And his wrestling experience too. Oh, he had wrestling experience as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. So he's been grappling for probably oh. you know fifteen plus years. Well, he was in likely. his fifties, so probably <laughs> longer than that. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So. So how long did you guys uh, train there, like you and your buddy? Oh, a long time. Okay. A long time. So I would, um, I was going there probably two to three days a week and not coming to East Coast for a little while. Okay. Because of the gi training. I really liked the gi training. It slowed everything down. And that's what you were doing in Carrollton. Yes. In uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, Dave's basement. In Dave's basement, okay. right. He had mats down there, you know, Gracie magazines hanging up, pictures on the wall. It was it was really cool. I mean, to I wish I could take you guys back and see that. <laughs> like it was just it was really cool. Okay, so so since they were doing all the no gi kind of stuff mm-hmm. at at East Coast, you started yep. doing the gi training there. Yep, and you spent what? Would you just say a couple of years there? Oh or? yeah, I would say. And okay. then as I got more comfortable with gi, and even we did some no gi, I would come back to East Coast to kind of like, how am I doing? Okay. You so, know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of gauge myself. Yeah, because you, you knew where you were before mm-hmm. you went down there with right. a lot of those guys. Yep. So it's like, okay, how am I doing? Yeah. And I would come back. Obviously, everybody was real friendly, and I would do so much better. Just be, Even though it was no gi, the gi training slowed it down enough. 
to where it made sense and I could learn. Okay. Now, I've, I've heard <clears> people <throat> say that on different podcasts and talking that the ghee slows things down. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Um, it just it makes it more technical um, because you can't just slip out of a move because you're bigger or sweaty with nogi. You know, okay. it, it gets so sweaty you can just pull out of a move. Okay, so typically when you're when you're grappling nogi, mm-hmm. most people are going to be probably in shorts and, yep. and a rash guard, and a rash which, guard. which is like a compression Under Armour type shirt. Correct. Right. So. So like you said, when you get sweaty, there's nothing to really hold on to, nope. so you can kind of slip out. So the gi is like like the karate gis like you would see, but they're they're probably thicker for jujitsu yeah, than thicker. the karate. Yeah. So you can hold on to those, but there's also a lot of fabric, which is a mm-hmm. lot of friction, yep. which means that you know you can't just slip something through like like right. you could like a sweaty arm. Right. Whereas if you got you know those the thick you know cotton gi on, right. you're not going to be able to kind of pull yeah. something through. So that that kind of makes sense. And I, I've heard lots of different people say that. If you learn the gi first, it'll translate very well to no gi. I believe so, yeah. And it's not so much the other way around. Why do you think that is? Um, I think taking when you, ha- when you learn with the gi and then take it away, you already know those grips. You know what I mean? I know you can't use the same gi grips. Okay, because like um, in the gi, you're, you're going to grab the actual fabric itself. Right. You're actually going to grab yeah. the material that they're mm-hmm. wearing, like, like the and basically look like big pajamas. I mean, right. This is what it looks like. Yeah. You know, but in gi, obviously no gi, there's, there's none of that. No, no. It's wrist control and back of the head, okay. you know, like a collar tie. But, but you're still controlling the same part of the body, Absolutely. just in a different way. Just in a different way. Okay. Right. So this was just about translating uh, yeah. that. Yeah. And I think it just, the gi makes you more aware of things. I mean. How so? What do you mean? Well, just with, there's so many more ways to get beat. We have lapels. We have, you know, collars. Um, people are going to choke you with those things. Okay, because I've, you know I've, I mean? I've literally heard people refer to the gi as a weapon. Absolutely. Like, like this is a weapon. Yeah. Use this weapon. Yeah. And we haven't gotten, you know, since you've been here, we haven't done a whole lot of using the gi against the opponent or anything yet. Yeah, we've done, um, like, more of the basic stuff since I've been here, yeah. which is good for me because no, I'm uh, new. So. Yeah, and, and we've done collar chokes and yeah. that kind of stuff with the gi. Um, but we'll get into using the gi, too. You know, you can sweep your opponent with that or tie them. You know, there's so many things you can do. And you're going to just take that and kind of wrap it around maybe their arms or their leg. Obviously, you can wrap it around their neck and choke them and do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. So so back to your journey a little bit. So so you started your training. You were a white belt. You're training down in in the dungeon, so to speak, for a couple of years in gi. Yep. Come back to East Coast and they're doing no gi. So how did you start doing then against the guys back in East Coast? Much better. Much better. It okay. was, you know, again, I think everything just, it slowed it down for me. I could, obviously the experience, just yeah. just rolling period. Yeah, just is, mat time is going to make a huge difference huge in general. Difference. yeah. But obviously they're <clears throat> probably getting the same mat time as well. So it's probably. not like they've taken time off right. and now you're catching up to the experience and you're right. still going together. They're still progressing as well as you're right. progressing. Yeah. And then, you know, my buddy Mike that was down there, he would still come to East Coast. He was one of the main instructors at East Coast back then. So he was a blue belt. Okay. So he was really my first instructor before Dave was. Okay. And I found Dave through Mike. Um, so, yeah, I would just come back and forth to East Coast. And uh, it was just a, a really good, you know, back and forth to see how I was doing. And, you know, Mr. Hyman was very open to that, you know. And then me and Mike started talking to him about getting a gi program at East Coast. Okay. Like, we really need this. You no, know what it, I mean? no, was East Coast at that time get it dedicated more towards, like, mixed martial arts, yeah. which is why it's it was probably more, no gi. Yeah. So it's kind of training more for yep. MMA and cage fighting and that yeah, kind of Mr. stuff. Yeah, Mr. Hyman trained very uh, a lot of local MMA guys. Okay. He cornered them, coached them, 
Um, he actually was, a, you remember Pride Fighting? Yes. He actually coached or cornered Butterbean in Japan. Wow. At the last Pride event, Pride, th- <laughs> Pride 34. You can see him in the corner with Butterbean. That's hilarious. And Butterbean won with an Americana. So a, so a pro boxer yeah. won yep. a fight yep. with an Americana. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were just, you know, we finally convinced him to have a gi program and that's where we started building it, you know. Um, Mike was teaching it for a while, like I said, as a blue belt. And then he had some things come up and talked to Mr. Hyman and uh, they made me the like head instructor of jujitsu. I was a two-stripe white belt. <laughs> so you're brand new, brand essentially. Brand new. You I know? mean, like only a couple of years experience, yeah. like so still just barely learning. Right. And like now you're the head instructor. Here yeah, we go. Let's do this if you want to call thing. it that. But yeah, <laughs> and it was very, you know, if we had 10 people in a class, it was like, holy crap, what are we going to do? Yeah. How am I going to teach 10 people? And what's a, what's a normal class for your classes nowadays? Now, 25 to 30. Okay. You know, maybe more. We've had 52 people on the mats on a Tuesday. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Because Tuesday is like the fundamentals day. So Monday that's kind and of... Tuesday are your most beginner fundamental days. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then Wednesday is kind of more, more like a medium day. And then what, Thursday is no gi? Thursday's no gi, which is still pretty fundamentally based for no gi. Okay. Um, but when you're brand new, I kind of get you to do the gi a little more first. Yeah. You know? Which, which makes sense. Yeah. Because like you said, it slows things down, makes yeah. you learn things properly. Right. And you can kind of take those later instead of just, you know, forcing yourself out because like you're out of submissions, maybe because yeah. you're strong or sweaty or what have and you. And now I won't say, no, you can't come. Of course. If you want to come, come by all means. Which makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So so you started instructing then. You're, you're a two-stripe white belt now. <laughs> yeah. So, so who's your instructor then? If you're teaching classes, because normally it, would, it kind of works like yeah. you're kind of under somebody, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I would still talk to Dave. And pick his brain. And um, I don't think, I'm sure YouTube was available then in 04. I don't think I looked up much. But Dave um, had like an encyclopedia of DVDs. Okay. He was big in getting um, the newest jujitsu DVDs. So I would get them from him and I would watch Marcelo Garcia. Or I would watch, you know, whoever. And I would just watch that stuff. And that's what I would start teaching. And, and I that's, would, I, I hate to say it, that's probably how a lot of people taught themselves. I would say so, Because yeah. they probably didn't have access to good coaching. Because right. unless you live in Brazil. Yeah. Or like probably out in the East Coast. California. Or, or, or even the West Coast. Yeah. It's like, like either one of the coast, I assume there's probably mm-hmm. lots of good instruction. But in the middle, yeah. like where we are, like, you know, you know, Northeast Ohio. Yeah. You know, where like the gym here is obviously located like in the Canton <clears throat> area. Right. I was like, there's just probably nothing around. So, so no. you're watching a bunch of DVDs. Yeah. And learning. Learning. Now, 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 what do you do there? Like, do you watch the DVDs? You like kind of take notes. You like study on that kind of stuff, and then go to class and see how it works. Yeah, kinda, kind of. Just break. And then when I would see Mike, I would go over it with him. Um, and I would, like I said, I would call Dave. I used to go to seminars too, like crazy. Okay, the seminars seem to be a big thing in the jujitsu world. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what does that normally entail? Um, it's you know, more than likely a black belt, a well-known black belt will have a seminar at maybe his his affiliate school or his school charge X amount of dollars and it's a two to three hour thing and he teaches his moves or whatever he wants to do that day. Okay. He might be known for something. Okay. And it's like, here, I'm going to teach you my system. So he doesn't come in and say, hey, what are you guys working on? What do you want me to help out with? It's more like, hey, I'm coming in to have your people show up and we're going to work on this. It could go both ways. Okay. Yeah. Like we're having um, our instructor from Indiana, James Klingerman, will be here next Saturday. He asked me, hey, what do you want me to cover? Okay. He usually gives me an option. And if I say, I don't care, you pick, he'll pick. Okay. But I actually gave him something I wanted to do this time. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's all up to usually the host. They'll ask or they'll just go over. You know, if you know somebody's known for something, you kind of want to learn. What they do. What they why do. Why they do it. Why they do it. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. 
Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so so you're learning, you're doing your thing, you're you're focusing, you're 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 going along here in your journey. Um, how many people do you have that are religiously coming to class? Not just every once in a while, but like actually dedicated, wanting to learn from you and going forward. Now? No, no, no. Then, like like way back, like in, in the way back machine. <laughs> like if you had ten people, it was a big deal. I mean, but are you keeping those like same ten people the whole time, oh, or is like they all kind of fluctuate in and yeah, out? Yeah, they or? were probably in and out. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you're working those guys through, and so you're you're still the two stripe white belt. So mm-hmm. these guys are probably all white belts. Yes. So are, like, are you progressing them through their, um, their their belts as well, or are you no. guys just there like, was learning there was, through, or there was no progression really at that time. Okay. Well, um, what, what do you mean by that? I well, mean, I mean, and I we used Dave because he was the purple belt. He would come up and actually stri- He was the one I got stripes from. Okay. Was Dave. So as the program started picking up and stuff, he would come up and we would give some stripes here and there. Okay. Um, so you weren't necessarily like promoting them so much as no. you were just working with them, drilling, yeah, we were working just, on stuff, and everybody's just yeah, just there and, it wasn't and working even, hard. Rank wasn't even really thought about then. Okay. Not not at that point. And do you see that as a big problem maybe today? Is somebody wants like, oh, I'm gonna work hard for my blue belt, and they realize it's gonna take them, you know, a couple of years most likely, mm-hmm. unless they're phenoms or come in all the time right but even then they still had to put in so much time to get it do you think that they're gonna like okay well do i really want to hang around for another you know eight nine you know 12 years whatever it's going to be to maybe possibly get a black belt (laughs) right that and i would say you'll have a decent amount that get their blue belt but the ones that go from purple is it's going to start falling off okay because of that you know, it's like so. So, so do you think a lot of people kind of get their blue and they kind of just mm-hmm. fall out of it a little bit? There's like, a okay. I did it. I'm happy. Yeah. I got promoted. This is cool, but <clears throat> yeah, it's not for me. I'm just going to kind of move Absolutely. on. Absolutely. You see, there's a, a meme on. Uh, I'm sure it's been on Facebook where it's a, a milk carton and it's a blue belt. It's just like, have you seen this person? It's the missing, <laughs> it's the missing blue belt. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So, so many people. Um, yeah, I could rattle off a list of people of good people. Timmy, blue belt. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many people. And, you know, life gets in the way. Of course. You know, a lot of those guys, when they started with us, were young. And they were training all the time. Yeah, and then you, you, know? you get a job, you start a yeah. family, do those kind of things, and realize, oh, I can't dedicate tons can't, of extra time right. to this. I've got to pick and choose what I can do. Yeah. And, and, you know, usually supporting your family is a little bit more mm-hmm. important than going to jujitsu. Yeah, because it's funny that the way the tides turn, like all those younger guys, Timmy and a bunch of them, uh, I was not running the gym. I had a job at the time. They would be like, why aren't you training tonight? Where are you at? I'm like, I have a job. I have kids. Yeah, I got to pay and bills. And now it's flipped and I'm asking them, where are you guys at? <laughs> I'm training, you know? So, yeah. I mean, do you think the mentality is, is very different then from like kind of the initial people you were working with? Mm-hmm. You guys won't really think about rank. You were just in here working, yeah. getting better hustling, doing your thing mm-hmm. compared to what it is now where people probably look at the stripes like, oh, I want a stripe or <coughs> oh, I want a belt or oh, I want this. Absolutely. Because we're, you know, as instructors, we're more knowledgeable on it. Back then, I didn't know. Okay. So, so do you think it was just like a, a lack of understanding the entire process maybe like I think when you so. first started? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't, you know, maybe Dave might have told me, but I didn't, I don't even know if I knew there was only five belts. Okay. You know? Well, I you mean, came from karate. There's a tons of tons belts in of karate. Belts. But it's more for kids. And, and you, you need to kind of Reinforce promote them it. a little bit sooner than yep. than the adults because mm-hmm. you want them to stick with it. You want them to be excited absolutely. and have something to, to fight for. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're kids. They get burned out and they have like <laughs> 60 million different things going on. So they're right. going to move on to something else. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So staying on the Wayback Machine. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 now you're pretty much training at East Coast now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you you've got the program going. Things are starting to grow. Things are coming along. I kind of walk us through kind of like the next couple of years of what happened. Um, I think so. I started in '04. I think I got my blue belt in 2006 or seven. Okay, it was now. three. It was a. I I think it was a white belt for three three and a half years. Okay. So 2007, sometime I got my blue belt. Okay. Um, that was from Dave. Program started growing, um, and then we, uh, I would say the really big push we had is uh, we had a bunch of high school wrestlers come in okay. from, from Hoover. Um, one of my buddies, Dom, Dominic Green, he still trains with us here and there. He's busy. He's pro wrestling now, so he's doing, doing that and doing really well. Um, he was a big MMA, MMA fan, UFC fan, and started, he knew Alex Pointar, who was um, one of our karate kids and came up through jiu-jitsu and wrestled. Um, so Dom started doing jujitsu with us. So there was this influx of those guys coming in and wrestling. Okay. Um, which brought a different look and a different, um, something we really needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, now, were they still wrestling or did, had they wrestled, they were looking for something else something to, to do doing. after high school. Okay. Yeah. So they, they weren't kind of like cross training while they were wrestling no, to work on no, their grappling. No. Some of them, you know, helped coach wrestling, but they weren't actively competing in wrestling. Okay. They wanted something else to do. So you got a bunch of guys come in yeah. with a bunch of grappling experience, yeah. but even though they're white belts. Right. Oh, and like, very and tough dudes. What kind of dynamic did that bring to the gym? You said it was very different and kind of needed. Uh, it, it brought a... Um, because wrestling is very aggressive. Yes. We can chill with jujitsu a lot of times, especially in the gi, because you can control that person. Yeah, you can kind of hold somebody can, a little yeah. bit and tighten things yeah, up. Yeah, relax. Yeah. Wrestling is very, you know, head-to-head. Yeah. It's go time. Push, push, push. push drive push, push, push. them into the mat. Pressure, yep. pressure. And that yeah. I, that brought us something we needed. You know, we didn't have that look. There, I don't even know. I don't even know if there was any wrestlers we had back then until then. Okay. But about that same time, we had... Um, Charles Allen, he was a um, Gracie Baja black belt moving to Canton. He came into the gym. I was teaching one night. I began, I was a blue belt. Um, I was teaching class. I saw this guy sitting on the bench. And I always, you know, if I see somebody wander in, when I get a chance, I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah, it's part of being the gym manager. Absolutely. You need to go introduce yourself, yep. make him feel welcome. It's it's part of the atmosphere that is this gym. Right. Absolutely. So I talked to him. He's like, yeah, I just moved to the area. I'm a black belt in jujitsu. And when I hear that, I automatically ask Brazilian jiu-jitsu because there's Japanese jiu-jitsu. There's a bunch of different styles. Um, and he's like, yeah, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you after class. And I went back to teaching and, you know, um, I called my buddy Mike right away. I'm like, there's a jiu-jitsu black belt in the gym tonight. So we're like Googling and like, is this guy real? And he was. Because unfortunately, and, there's probably a lot of fake ones out there. Uh, yeah, you run. Not as much anymore. I mean, you, it's easy to get found out now. Yes. But I'm sure like you know, back in the day when you guys were yeah. starting, yeah. you can kind of get away with some of the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he started being our like day-to-day instructor. Him and Mr. Hyman became good friends. Um, and I got my uh, purple belt and brown belt from him. Okay. And uh, yeah, he came in at the right time and really showed us some good jujitsu so th- so did he he just kind of came in and kind of took over the program kind of yeah i mean i was still i would say teaching a lot but he would come in i don't know about every night because we were still only doing it maybe two to three days a week it okay. wasn't like it is now um and we would do little seminars with him and just get everybody together and back then we actually tested for our belts too okay with the system he did we actually tested for our rank now how is that different than how it is now because now you don't test for belts right no no it's um you know, I think in jujitsu, it's, and I'm not knocking it at all, but in jujitsu, I think you're tested every day. 
you know, it's it's a martial art that you can spar or roll, as we call it, 100%. Yeah, which is one of the cool things about that because it's, it's not like kickboxing or boxing yeah. or even wrestling where it's it's so much – you know, aggressive pressure and everything else. And you, yeah. just, you just get too beat up. Whereas, right. like, like you said, in jiu-jitsu, you can kind of chill a little bit and kind of relax. Yeah. And, like, there's there's moments where you're going really, really hard. Absolutely. But then it's like, okay, kind of chill and find a position and relax mm-hmm. a little bit. So, yeah, you can you can go a lot harder in this than any other sport I've ever played. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I guess they're not really a sport to play, but yeah. an activity I've done, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so how did the testing then work for the old belts? So, you know, it, I think when I tested for my purple belt, I had to, um, it was, he wanted us to concentrate on sweeps from different positions. No, no. What's a sweep for someone who doesn't so know So a sweep would is. be if I'm on the bottom of you is reversing that to position to where I'm on top somehow. Okay. So, so if you're, if you're laying on the ground on your back yeah, and the person's on top of you, however that is, yep. whether they're in side control or in your guard or anything yep. like that, it's flipping them over. So now, you, now they're on their back and you're yep. on top. So right. that's a sweep. Yep. So it was sweeps in different positions. Uh, we had to roll a lot. Now, did you have to, like, prove these in, like, competition settings? No. Or was it just drilling to understand you knew what you were yep, doing? Yeah, just drilling to know. Okay. Yeah, I think we had a list of, uh, I don't know, like 10 or 15 sweeps from just various positions that we had to do. Okay. And there was probably, I don't know, four, five of us that tested for our purple belt that night. So. Now, did you have to, like, put in and say, hey, I want to test for it? No. Or did coach come up and say, he hey, up. you're ready. Yep. Let's test for it and see if you're there. Yep. Okay. Yep. And in any martial art, that's obviously kind of a no-no to go up. You can obviously ask questions like, hey, where do you think I'm at? But, you know, you don't want to say, hey, I think I need my blue belt. Or, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to wait that much longer if you say something like that. Or even stripes. <laughs> so, like, you can say, hey, what do I need to get my next stripe? But it's not like, hey, I think I deserve a stripe. You know, it's just kind of a no-no to do. It might be your ego talking a little bit. Could instead be. Instead Absolutely. of something else happening there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think for my brown belt, I had to do... Um, 10 submissions from each position. Okay. So top mount, guard, side mount, back mount. I had to do 10 takedowns. So, so you had to do 10 different yes. submissions, 10 different yeah. takedowns. Mm-hmm. So it's just the the knowledge of saying, hey, there's there's so much more here than just – I mean, I, I hate to say it. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. So I pretty your recommendation, like mm-hmm. the Grappler Union. Yeah. And, and they talk about this a lot because these guys are all competitors. They have mm-hmm. a lot of competitors in. And, and they come in <coughs> and they talk about how – some of the best in the world only do a couple of things. Like they yeah. focus on the basics and right. they come in and they do them so well mm-hmm. that even though you know they're going to do it, you can't you stop can't them. Stop it. But kind of the cool thing of progressing in the belts is one of the interesting things about jujitsu that I've not seen in anything else I've ever done is the fact that even after you've learned all the basics and you're really good at that and you can, you know, almost you know, not perfect them so much, but make them very proficient, yeah. we'll say. You know, but there's still oh, there's still this to learn. Oh, there's still that to oh, learn. So and, oh, much. you can go into this. And then you gotta go for that. Yep. It's like it's. It almost seems like it's never ending. It seems like you just keep I, learning and learning yeah. and learning. Because by the time you get to like where you're at as a black belt, mm-hmm. it's like there's probably new stuff being invented from the guys who are competing or guys you know sitting at home with the mats drilling different things. Like yeah. oh, we're trying this. Like awesome. Like I can work that into my game and right. work on that or. Um, it just, it just seems pretty interesting. It is. And I truly believe there isn't an end. There is there is not an end of jujitsu. Somebody is always going to come up with a new thing. Um, it, it's crazy. I've never, I've never been a part of a martial art like that. You know, there's always, you're always learning. I don't want to say you're never, you're always going to keep learning. Um, well, hopefully. I mean, some hopefully. people stop because they're lazy. Let's yeah, be honest. For sure. You know, and that's in all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're trying to, 
be a better human. Obviously, you should be trying to, per, you know, progress yourself some way For or sure. another or multiple yeah. ways. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the one thing I think that's very interesting about jujitsu <clears throat> is the fact that it's not just so much <clears throat> like the young athletic bucks win. Yeah. You know, which is really interesting because it's it's more about you know who knows more yeah. compared to like who's strong and athletic <clears throat> and those kind of things. Whereas like you see MMA mm-hmm. as a great example. Like you pretty much have like a window. Yeah, Where, like the young sure. bucks, like they're they're young and they're strong and they're athletic and they're amazing athletes, but they don't quite have the experience yet. Right. Whereas when they get a little bit older, now they're kind of in their prime. They've got their experience, but now they also have to manage injuries and problems and all kinds of other things. Right. So they start to kind of taper off, and then by the end of their career, you know, they're they're usually getting smoked just because they've <laughs> right. typically been in so many wars. Yeah. If they get hit once, they kind of get knocked out. Yeah. Whereas I think it's really different with jujitsu because, you know. The older you get, the more you learn, the more dangerous you are really for somebody. Whereas, yeah, yeah the young kids might be, you know, stronger, faster, more athletic, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But you can, I think you can probably make up for it more just by being crafty. You can. And I do that. You know, I'll be 44 years year old this year. Um, it's just rolling differently. As the older I get, I'm rolling differently every year. It's, it's um, calmer. Uh, sneakier like you said yeah. you know you gotta you gotta think about it because youth does matter age does matter size does matter you always hear that oh size doesn't matter size matters trust me was well, i heard uh, Pete you know? talk about that uh, who's another black belt here at mm-hmm. the gym and he, he was talking to me because i'm a big guy yeah and he was saying that when you give up 30 pounds to somebody it's almost like giving up a stripe well yeah henzo gracie i think said that for every i was 30 or 50 pounds at a belt rank a belt that's what henzo would say wow yeah. so you think about that. That's it's a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge you know? difference, especially yeah. for somebody like me, like say who's who's a big person. Right. Whereas most of the people here in the gym aren't going to be stronger than I am. No. Even though I'm still getting annihilated because I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> right. You know, it's like that. That's just part of the learning curve. That's no big deal. Right. Like I always tell people, it's like, yeah, but I don't want to learn to just be like a big brute and smash yeah. and do all those kind of things. Just use my size right. because I'm always going to have that. It's always going to be there. Right. But if I can learn to be technical, kind of like what uh, you guys teach, you guys are very yeah. technical here. It's like before too long, like I'm going to be a killer. And like, oh, I'm, I'm super excited about yeah. that. You put yeah. some technique with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I never had, and I never had that strength. I never had that wrestling. So whatever, like I'm confident what I do is a hundred percent jujitsu. There's no strength in it at all. You know, I said, use, use what I have. I mean, but it's, it's kind of a testament to what is jujitsu, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting thing. Right. Because I remember my second day of class. Mm-hmm. So it was the day before Thanksgiving, I believe. Okay. So the Wednesday night class. And we did uh, like a line drill. So yep. we were doing like a guard passing drill. Um, it's like when somebody's laying there, yeah, I can pass their guard no problem. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like, oh, this is, this is easy. I know how to move my body. I'm an athlete. I've been doing sports all my life. This is no big deal. Right. And we all line up. And they, they sit down all the higher belts on the mat. There's probably like five or six people sitting down. Go up to them. And they have any grip that they want to. And we started... The drills with like a, a, just a straight on la, lapel grip. So okay. they're just reaching straight across. So no, 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 the cross grip stuff like we normally right. kind of talk about. So the mo- most people started there just because we were drilling that. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of started there. And I was like, oh, all you got to do is just get past them. We were just doing these drills. This is easy. And then I realized very quickly, <laughs> oh, I can't do anything. <laughs> Even though I am literally twice the size of some of these guys, right. I couldn't get past their guards. I couldn't break their grips. I, right. I, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Now, I was able to use most of my strength and size to keep from getting submitted. Right. You know, so like I lasted a little bit longer than some of the other new people just because of my size and strength. Mm-hmm. But it was a very humbling moment when yeah. I realized, oh, 
there really is something to this. This is crazy. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, I'm tall. I'm athletic. I'm pretty strong. Like, right. I should be able to do something. I may not last very long. They'll maybe flip me around or do something right. different. I don't know what's happened, but I think I'd be able to do something. Yeah. No, couldn't do anything. Completely <laughs> <do> nullifying. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn this. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Very, very humbling sport. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back a little bit, uh, back to your brown belt. Yeah. So you had the black belt here teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your brown belt from him. Yes. Now, he has since left the gym, correct? Yeah. He, um, His um, wife has a job where they kind of travel a little bit. Okay. Um, so, so he was just kind of here for a season. Yeah. yeah I how think, long, how long was he here? Do you think? How long he was A couple of years, a couple of months? Okay. No, it was a couple of years at least. Oh well, yeah. I guess you went through a couple of belts. So yeah. That makes so, sense. yeah, he, I bet he was here three, four years. Okay. Ish. So a good amount of time to yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. Obviously somebody good to train and roll with yep. for sure. Um, so, so you got your brown belt and then, and he takes off. Yeah. So, so now you're back to head instructor again, head coach yep. doing everything, but you're probably working more into that as you got into your purple and brown belt mm-hmm. stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so then we got um, links up with a different black belt to kind of be your, your black hat, so to speak, to kind of be right. like your, your yeah. um, you know, commanding instructor, I guess we'll call that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how did all of that happen? So right after Mr. Allen left, we were affiliated with uh, Newbreed Training Center in Chicago for a little while. Okay. Mark, Mark Vivas, very, very good, accomplished black belt, still avid competitor. So we are with them for a little while. And then um, last year... We hooked up with James Klingerman out okay. of Indiana. Um, I've known James a long, long time just through jiu-jitsu tournaments. He and his wife run a tournament called the Extreme Grappling Open. We've competed for them before. Um, we have our big cancer awareness event every year. James came and taught at that for us. Um, so when that came up, um, you know, James, I just texted him. Or I think I Facebook messaged him first. I didn't have his number. I'm like, hey, I want to talk to you about some things. And yeah been about a year okay so, year. so you guys just kind of linked up and said hey yeah, linked up this is what we're working on I, you know because you kind of yeah. want to be affiliated with somebody right yeah. that's, that's kind of the idea yeah i mean if you yes you you kind of have to be okay to get that rank okay like at, my, at where i was at at brown belt i could promote up to purple okay so you there's like rules you can only mm-hmm. do so much yeah you can only okay do so i did much. not know that that's yep. interesting so you can the, the rule of thumb is you can promote up to the belt below you okay so which is why you're always kind of working with or contacting yes. like a black mm-hmm. belt and kind of you know yep. uh, remotely going through that yeah and even now though you know me and peter black belts it will still go through james yes which makes I'll, sense because know. like he's your black hat so yeah. you're gonna run everything by him but you said also that he kind of gives you some leeway right so so yeah. he, he kind of gives you kind of yeah and i know, still like i'll text him like hey so and so i think's ready for a blue belt and he's like you know do it you know, okay. If you're, you know. So so he's just kind of backing you up. Yep. And you're just kind of bouncing things off. And it's yep. always it's always good to have somebody you can bounce things off of, Absolutely. especially somebody who's a little bit further down the road than you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always good to have good mentors in different areas yeah. of your life. I know that's something that I learned very early on <clears> in my <throat> early 20s, is that you know it's like people talk about oh you need a mentor you need this and that like well yeah you need you need good people in your life but you need like multiple ones yeah you know, it's like I, I look at this like like my parents love them to death they're yeah. amazing all right but. I can't really listen to them about finances. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that they do bad. It's not that they do good. It's just they just don't know what they don't know. So yeah. I've always kind of talked to other people <clears throat> who are better with their finances, who've kind of led me down the right path because I got into a lot of trouble yeah. when I was in my early 20s just being an idiot. Yeah. And I got myself out of it by a lot of hard work and dedication. But it took you know 
a mentoring from somebody who kind of knew what they were doing. Yeah. But it's, it's always good to find them in different areas of your life. Absolutely. Which is, which is good. So you're not going to probably call them about, you know, marriage stuff or your beard <laughs> advice because you didn't have a beard. But Right, right. <laughs> we can talk to them about jiu-jitsu, which is always a good thing. Right. Yeah. I've, you know, through this time, just martial arts in general, I've been very lucky to the mentors and instructors that I've been around. And, just, and our students, I mean, as you know, we just have good people. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's good diverse people, too. Yeah. There's, it's, like, there's, there's young kids. There's older people. There's middle-aged people. There's, yeah. there's, there's athletic people. There's non-athletic people. It's, it's just a good mix of everybody. It is. And it's until you experience, it's like, I always think, like, none of us would have ever come in touch with each other without jujitsu, Exactly. Without martial arts. Exactly. And the politics don't come up. Um you know, race, not, none of that stuff. It's just like, we're here to do jujitsu. Well, it, it doesn't really matter. Like I was, I was telling people, it's like, you know, jujitsu has kind of, kind of become my, my new therapy <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's like, I can have a really bad day at work. I could go to the gym, you know, and I'm lifting there and I've, and I've got a lot of downtime because we, we lift and then we sit and we lift and we sit. Yeah. So there's lots of time to think. Right. But when I come to class, you know, and I got you, like a 150-pound dude sitting on my chest yeah. trying to kill me. Right. <laughs> like there's nothing else I can think about yeah. than how do I stay out of trouble? Right. How, do I, how do I not get choked? Like what am I doing? Yeah. There's nothing else going on. And it's it's so different because when I leave, like, yeah, <coughs> I'm tired, but I'm not exhausted. It's nothing crazy. I'm not super <clears throat> beat up. I might be a little sore. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, you just walk away like, that was fun. This is interesting because yeah. you're, you're learning. You're you're, you're trying new things. It's 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 different. It's, it's very different. It's different than anything I've ever done. Yeah, me it's, too. It's it's very strange. Yeah, and uh, I think it helps you deal with other life situations. Oh, for sure. You know, because you've been in a bad situation. Like, this isn't as bad as the other night. Yeah. You know, how am I going to deal with yeah, it? Yeah, when somebody's smashing on you and sweating yeah. in your face and grind, like, grinding yeah. their like, you know, head into your chin. Right. And I was like, no, we're good now. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I, I got no problems. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's an amazing thing. It really is. Okay. So so coming back to Klingerman. So now you're linked up with Klingerman. Yep. And things are going good there. And when I started, you were still a brown belt. Mm-hmm. And I knew that from Timmy. Timmy told me you were a brown yeah. belt. And I, right. I reached out to you and I reached out to another gym mm-hmm. up in the green area. I think they've now since moved to like uh, East Akron. Okay. Um, I was like, okay, the two different places that I might be able to go. Like this okay. place yeah. looks legit because I don't want to drive all the way up to Cleveland. Because I <laughs> usually come down this way from work. I don't want to kind of right. go back up that way to go to jujitsu. Right. I understand a lot of times you got to travel to find good, good coaches. You just yeah. have to. That That is what it is. And For I'm willing sure. to do that. Most people aren't, which is why they don't accomplish anything. Right. But I understand that. And I'm more than willing to do that. So I you know, reached out to them. Never really heard back. I don't think I still even have heard <laughs> back from them. Um, but I think they're in the middle of a move and everything else. They yeah. probably just got lost in the ether somewhere. Right. But uh, – uh, Timmy sent me in here, said, you know, you're a brown belt. You were like the place to learn from. Come in, check it out. Talk to you. Talk to Sophia. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm going to try it out. And I sent mm-hmm. I sent this place and the other place to my buddy uh, <coughs> who used to train a little MMA. I don't think he ever fought, okay. but he was definitely doing some training. And uh, he's like, dude, both of those places are legit. Yeah. He's like, go check them both out and see which one you vibe with, mm-hmm. you know, and and I came in here and I was talking to you and I was kind of asking a bunch of stupid newbie questions. <laughs> you know, was, I tend to ask a lot of hey. questions. It's how, it's how I roll. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think this is going to be the place for me. It's like, okay, let's let's get signed up for a two-week start. Let's, right. let's give it a shot and see what happens. I remember yeah. getting on the mat and then, and then you coming out of the locker room and like it was, you had this belt on. I'm like, what the hell is that? It's like gray. Like, what the shit? I've never heard of a gray belt. Like, I know I don't know much about jujitsu. Uh, I know a little bit from watching the right. UFC and listening to some other podcasts like Joe Rogan and Jocko. They talk about yeah. you know jujitsu all the time. Like, right. I've never seen anything like that's crazy. And then I like kind of work my way over there. And I see you. I'm like, 
oh shit it's got like little strands of brown hanging off this thing i'm like yeah so you're telling me this guy's been a brown belt so long that he literally wore off the stitching <laughs> shit this is legit this is awesome <laughs> yeah i was a brown belt for about six years so uh, you probably could have bought a new belt at the time I, but honestly i did have one it was probably cooler not to yeah <laughs> I, I i had a brand new brown belt and i wore it to a class and one of our guys, Chuck Schoenfeld, I don't know if you met Chuck, big big guy. I don't think so. Um, Maybe I've met him, but yeah, I don't he's, know who he he's is. He's injured right now, but he'll be back soon. Um, I wore it out one night, and he's like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, I got a new belt. He's like, go change it. <laughs> and well, it was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, no, you earned how that old belt looks. you know. And, and that kind of woke me up. And here's Chuck. I don't even know if he was a blue belt yet. Like, And that's what you can learn. It's not just learning jujitsu. It's yeah. learning about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like I never thought, like I kind of got to the point where I was embarrassed because people are like, what is, what is that? Belt? Well, I, like you me, know? I was like, that's super legit because, because yeah. again, to me, I know what that means. <clears throat> I, I know that means like you've trained in that so long. Mm-hmm. You've literally worn off the stitching on the outside. Right. Like that's cool. Because yeah. that, that means you've put in the work. Like, this right. is great. This is the person I know I can learn from. <clears throat> and then seeing how good of a teacher you are, obviously, with everybody else, right. I realized, okay, this is the place for me. I don't need to go to some other place with somebody's ego and everybody's right. competing and doing that kind of stuff. Like, that's not what I want. Like, I'm here to learn. Yeah. Like, I'm not here to be some super great competitor. Right. Like, I just, I want to have a good time and I want to learn and just, I'm kind of, I hate to say, I kind of want to cruise on the mats. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, there's times you need to be <laughs> intense and I get that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But... That's not what I want, like, all the time for sure. Right. So I was like, this is pretty cool. And then I think it was two weeks after I was here, and Klingerman came in and did a seminar, and you got promoted with your black belt. Yeah. That was that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I like, had no clue. Tons of people. Really? Well, as people started coming in that day, like, my mom showed up, and my sister was here. Just certain people I have, you know, that don't come to the gym. They don't come to seminars, They don't for come sure. to seminars. And, you know, it wasn't just... He was doing a seminar, but we were doing a fundraiser for the Total Living Center, yeah. which is the soup kitchen downtown Canton. So people were bringing food in too. So it was a big open mat seminar. So <clears throat> yeah, we had like over a hundred people here. And obviously as people started coming in, um, I'm like, what's going on? You know, so you, you kind of got the, the it hint started, in the air. It started clicking, but not like, yeah. And I, everybody kept it a secret. Which it blows my mind. I'm surprised. That, how did somebody not leak that out? I know. Somehow? I don't know. It, it probably just goes to show how much they love you. Yeah. Because they didn't want to ruin the moment. Right. So, right. so what was going through your head when when he promoted you with your black belt? Uh, just wow. I mean, it was it was crazy. I, I I thought I would be more emotional at the time. Yeah. I you know not that I wasn't. It was awesome. Um, it was it was surreal. It was, you know, people are like, well, how's it feel to be a black belt? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I mean, the, the, the great you thing know? about that is, is that obviously you weren't any different than the day before on the mats. No. You know, so it's just a belt. And I understand that. But that belt means something. <clears throat> it represents something. For sure. And then, like, has <clears throat> that changed anything in how you um, look at the the gym or your, your no, jujitsu or anything else? I think, else? you know what? I, I told a couple people this. It made me start rolling with more of a purpose. What do you mean? Like... I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like I, I want people not to question that I'm a black belt. Okay. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean like I'm going to go hard and beat somebody up. Well, that, that's kind of not your style. That's you, not my style. You're there all. to teach. It's, it's absolutely, it's fun to watch you roll with somebody because you're always giving them a chance to mm-hmm. do something. Right. Cause you're like saying hey, you're baiting them like, Hey, mm-hmm. there's something here. You're going to do something right. with it or what? And right. then 
and you'll, you'll scramble to get out of it. It's what you do. Yeah. But it's it's fun because it's not just smash <laughs> and pass and no. crush them and do that kind of stuff. It's right. no, it's you're, you're going to give them a chance to learn. That's right. why you're rolling, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why probably everybody here in the gyms loves you so much. Let's be honest. Yeah. But so so it kind of gave you that purpose where yeah. you want to just prove to everyone that hey, like this isn't a fluke. Like I and earned to myself. This. Yeah. You know, and to myself because I can I can be a kind of a lazy jujitsu guy because i don't know why I, i'm not like that attacker guy even when i did karate i was a counter fighter okay like i never was the aggressor um so i guess you know and i'm always a guard player and i'm and i got very i'm very flexible so it was hard for certain people to pass my guard so i would be late i'd be lazy with it you know what i mean yeah um so i just it just gave me more purpose okay you know more of a purpose to roll with now do you think that's obviously with you giving that purpose that's going to elevate you know the gym mm-hmm. that's going to bring everyone else up you know, like a, right. a rising tide raises all ships right, right? But do you think that is going to help influence maybe some of the other people as well uh, possibly okay. it could and you know i kind of got i would say i started rolling i i rolled started rolling with a purpose as a brown belt too but even more now but like when um tim Plazak, who is one of our instructors he's a purple belt um he trained at another gym. I've known Tim since he was 18 or 19. Just he trained at another gym in Akron. We used to cross train. Yeah. And about two, two and a half years ago, he joined with us. Um, no, no, no. Cross training for people in jujitsu is like when you kind of go to another gym maybe yeah. and kind of roll with them mm-hmm. or they come over here and you kind of, you know, fight together and kind of work on things you're working yeah. on. Because like when you roll with somebody every day, you kind of know what they're going to do. Yeah. You know their setups. You know how to stop them. So it's good to yeah. roll with some different kind of people. Whereas like when I hear cross training, I think, oh, like. Functional fitness, right. and like intervals and high intensity interval yeah. training and that kind of stuff. Like, no, no, no it's different. Yeah. But okay, yeah. so, so you Something, knew, yeah. So I knew Tim again since he was eighteen or nineteen, um, and he joined up with us a couple years ago, two and a half years ago, and he was a, pur- I think, a fresh purple belt. Um, and he came in and he just brought like Tim has a very aggressive style, yes, which is he's awesome. very aggressive, very aggressive, very grip dominant. Um, and he's the one that like really pushed me to stop being lazy. Like, I'm going to kick your ass if you just lay there. If you just want to do that, that's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not right at first when he came. We had some crazy roles. Like, me and, like, once I get going, like, I have a very, um, I don't know what kind of style you would say. Like, I'm very flexible, very guard-based uh, style. Um, so people, like, me and Tim would get done rolling, and I'd look around, and everybody was watching us roll. Yeah. Because it was just, you know, some craziness going on. Back takes and... Um, so Tim pushed me a lot to to stop being that way, and that's just because of his aggressive nature. Which so yeah. you kind of have that laid back nature. Yeah, it so, was like so. It's just like okay, I need to be more like that. Yeah, or just take it and not learn from it. Well, that's always a possibility. And that's a possibility. It's it's usually know? not the best option. It's not the do. best option. Yeah. So he was he was a huge addition for him coming to this gym. He's one of my best friends. He was it was really good. Now, how long has uh, Tim been here? Um, I think two and a half years almost. Okay. So this year will be two and a half, working on three this fall, I think. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> so that's kind of bringing you up to speed, kind of where you're at now, what's right. going on, kind of some of your history. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess uh, going the way, way back machine. <coughs> I mean, did you grow up around this area? You're like from Northeast Ohio area? Um, I grew up around the Hartville Randolph area. Okay. Now, where's that at? So that'd be Portage County. Okay. Um. Probably about what is it, a half hour north of us, okay, ish, northeast. Okay, yeah. 
So you didn't play any sports or anything growing up? Just the karate nah. stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was into sports. Like ba- I still to this day love basketball. That's my favorite sport to watch. My kids love basketball, so it's kind of a bonding thing for us. Okay. Um, but yeah, I never played any school sports. I just did. I did martial arts. Okay. It was kind of my thing. And then you did like karate for a long time, then got mm-hmm. you into jujitsu, and then we kind of just went through that backstory a little yeah. bit of kind of where mm-hmm. all that's through. Yeah. So any, anything uh, in the future plans for you, do you think, with different stuff? Or are you just like jujitsu? This is what I do. This is it? Or uh, know, Probably. Start- I mean, you know, just keep keep learning jujitsu. Keep uh, growing with that. Obviously, I still teach or help with the karate program here. Yes. Um, so, you know, keeping up with that, we're always evolving that curriculum. You know, I don't want that quick. That's a curriculum that Mr. Hyman came up with, um, you know, two, three, four years before he passed away. I helped him with the jujitsu part of that. Um, so I don't want that to stay stagnant with him no longer being here. Okay, so you're going to kind of progress it and yeah, push it and do those keep, different things. We need to keep that that program that program progressing too. Okay, you know. So. I mean, do you see yourself getting into other kind of activities or sports or like put, like looking to like the Muay Thai kind of stuff no. or boxing or anything, doing no. that kind of stuff in the martial arts? No, or? probably not. Okay, just no. kind of just stick with jujitsu yeah, and, and then that's, and then keep and pushing all your curriculums and classes here at the yeah, gym. And that's just my thing. You know, there's a lot of. Um, John Bennett, who's a blue belt here, does kettlebells. You do powerlifting or Olympic lifting. I'm sorry. Olympic weightlifting, yeah. yeah. Pete is a crazy man. You've seen Pete work out. Um, and not that I, sh- not that any of that stuff's not good, but like I want, if I have extra time, I'm doing jujitsu. Okay. People are like, what do you do for cardio? I roll. What do you do for strength training or, you know, whatever? I do jujitsu. Yeah, you, you fight bigger guys. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not saying that's right, but that's just the way I, I prefer to do it. I would rather, you know, I I would like to get into some yoga. Uh, we are going to start doing some yoga classes here. Um, so I might get into that just to strengthen. Because like I said, I am very flexible, but I want to protect, protect that flexibility. Yeah. Um, I, it's one thing I take for granted. Um, I always, you know, I'm like, where's my old man strength? I'm over 40 now. And I think I <laughs> traded my old man strength for flexibility. I think so. Because most Which, 40-year-olds right. can't tie their shoes. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, and that's fine. I'll take that trade. Yeah, no, that's a good trade, especially for jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) You don't need to be super strong. You just need to be strong enough. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, a quick question here. Mm -hmm. So somebody new who wants to come into the gym and wants to try out jujitsu. Right. Or get into the karate classes or any other classes you guys have. What's a good way to get a hold of you guys? Um, any of our Facebook pages, uh, you can find us at, um, East Coast Martial Arts is kind of our, um, our page for the karate uh, MMA fit, kickboxing, our yoga stuff. And we do share our jujitsu stuff on there as well. We have a separate page, page Team East Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You can look at, send us messages. I get messages for both. Um, you can call the gym, 330-492-3434. Um, leave a message if we're not here. I'll call you back and uh, come in and do a free class. Very cool. Now, for somebody who wants to start jujitsu, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, past the first of the year, people doing the New Year's, New Me, all that kind of stuff <laughs> right. they do every year. Whereas I look at that like, if you got to change something in your life, change something in your life. Don't right. wait. Don't wait don't till wait. January. Like, just do it. Right. You know. But some people really get into all that kind of stuff. So somebody who's new, who maybe is a little intimidated, doesn't want to expect. What's What's something they can expect coming in? Like, what's classes going to be like? What are they going to find coming here? <clears throat> like, why would they be beneficial coming here? Maybe then doing something else or going somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, again, I think as we touched on in the beginning, is the atmosphere. That's what I want. I want them to be comfortable. I don't want to, you know, I could show them some flashy jujitsu move. It's not about that. I want them to be comfortable. So if it's um, <clears throat> trying a free class, come and try a free class. I'll give you a gi. You can use one of mine. Or you can sit out on the mat and watch us or sit on the bench and watch us. 
and ask questions and I'll make you feel as comfortable as you need to be. You okay. know, nobody's ever going to force you, you know, even, and if they do a free class, you know what? I don't even want you to roll tonight. Just sit and watch. Yeah. Just do the drills. Do the drills. Okay. So how, how does the class actually structure then? Like for, for the new person coming So in. usually we do, it depends on the day. We might do a little warm up. I'm not too much into like jogging and running around. If we're going to warm up, we're going to do it with jujitsu moves. So it might be armbar warm-ups. It might be our X-Pass series. It might be the Omoplata armbar triangle series we've been running. Yeah. That might be our warm-up for the day, just to get your hips going and to get a little bit of warmth. Um, and then we just get into technique. So we'll do technique. You know, maybe if we do that type of warm-up, 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Um, depending on the night, 20, 25 minutes or more of um, technique, and then we'll roll for whatever's left. Okay, so the end of the class, they usually set up timers for six minutes. Yep. Right, and then people can kind of pair off and they can fight, so to speak, or yes. roll, as we call it in jiu-jitsu. Yep. And you just you work on the stuff you've been working on in class yep. or work on something else you've been doing. Yep, whatever and you, you just kind of just see how things are working, just, yep. right? Yep, so absolutely. That's, so that's kind of normal. So that's what somebody can kind of expect when yeah. they come in. Yeah. Um, do they have to have any kind of experience or anything nope. else? Or is there anything, any, anything they need to bring with them or anything like nope. that? No, nothing. Um, no experience. You know, Obviously, like I said, you'll get some wrestlers that come in that want to do something after that. Um, maybe some ex football players. I think the one kid that, uh, played football at Mount Union, maybe that just started that Joe. Yeah. Um, so you get some ex athletes that do have some type of athletic ability, but, um, yeah, you don't need any experience. Come in 18 and over, sign your waiver. If not, you know, bring a parent and get you going. Very cool. Yeah. Now you said that you had offered a, uh, a week free for yes. someone if they listen to this on the podcast, like yep. listen to here, and they come into the gym up through July of this year, yep. 2019, you guys will give them a free week. Yep. So, so that is that is on you guys. Yep. Every- if you guys want to come in and try it out, that'd be yes, a sir. great place to do it. Well, Chad, we'll let you get going. I know we got to go roll here, yep. and open mats here in a little bit. So <laughs> I appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thanks, sir. Yep. Thank you. And we will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up another fun episode. I think we will definitely have Chad back on in the future. We might do some questions and answers. We might interview some more people from the gym. We haven't decided yet, but we're kind of feeling things out and seeing where things go. But we're definitely going to have him back on the show. So as always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. You have no idea. But please, I still need your help to get this show out to more and more people. So let's go out to Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher and leave the show a five-star review so that will boost it up in the rankings so people will see it and hopefully start to listen and enjoy it as much as I know that we all are. But that wraps it up for this time. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanities.